Welcome to Always Abounding. This podcast will encourage you as a believer to continue on and always abound in the work of the Lord. Now your host, Keith Stensis. Once again, to our podcast, Always Abounding. This is your host, Brother Keith Stensis, here in Uganda, East Africa, right here, just a little bit south of the equator. And I am having the time of my life. We have just had a great, great week. And I cannot tell you, I uh, cannot wait to tell you about it. It's going to be a great, great podcast today as uh, we introduce a uh, new friend of mine, someone I have not known a very long time, uh, but he came uh, this week and helped uh, to teach, helped our church teach in the Triannual Bible Institute this week and uh, looking forward to meeting him. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse number 58, therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. And uh, how true that is, the labor that we do for the Lord, the work that we do for God it is not in vain. And uh, I hope this uh, podcast finds you doing well. I hope it finds you looking for more and more opportunities to serve the Lord and being faithful to Him. And, uh, and I hope and pray that uh, in the time that we have left here on this earth, uh, that you're doing everything you can to serve our Lord Jesus Christ and bring as many people to a saving knowledge of uh, Jesus Christ as you can. Well, as I told you in our last podcast, we were preparing for our Triannual Bible Institute. And uh, remember, our Triannual Bible Institute is a Bible Institute that we have three times in a year. And uh, the purpose of that is so that we are able to bring in from our village churches, pastors and church leaders uh, to come in and be trained. Uh, many of these, because of language, are not able to come into our Bible college uh, or just simply because uh, they are already uh, have their land and their homes and their farms and gardens and everything uh, in their villages, and we do not want to uproot them from that. And uh, so we bring them in uh, three times a year for an in-depth study in the Word of God, various topics that we do. And uh, so from Monday up to Friday, eight in the morning till five in the afternoon, we teach them uh, the Word of God. And uh, honestly, uh, the hours that are put into it are the equivalent hours of a regular uh, term in Bible college. And so it's a very, very intense week. Uh, We test them. uh, We make sure that uh, they're studying, they're getting the Word of God, and uh, we have uh, we've just had a great week. And uh, God opened up the door. I've always wanted to have a uh, a week of study on the subject of music, and uh, you know, music is one of those controversial things that people don't like to talk about a lot because, uh, frankly, everyone has their opinion, and everybody has their likes and dislikes of music, and uh, and some people they think that somebody else is unspiritual because they have this music or they're spiritual because they have this music. And so it's, uh, it's, it's controversial. It's controversial in a lot of independent Baptist churches as well. Uh, but I believe, I believe that the Bible is the word of God. And I believe the Bible has the answer uh, for every 
problem, every solution that we're looking for, it has the uh, the answer for us. And I believe that it is no different than the area of music. And uh, though we are able to enjoy and like music, uh, you may like a different style of music. Uh, I like banjo music and, and I like guitar music and you may only like piano music. Uh, but uh, there is a boundary, there is a circumference around where we can uh, agree to disagree on maybe a little bit of style or genre of music, uh, but there are some boundaries that the Word of God gives, principles that the Word of God gives uh, that we must follow in order to understand uh, what music is right and what music is wrong. And uh, so I had the opportunity, I was I was honestly going to have uh, my associate pastor, uh, not my associate pastor, but the associate pastor in our home church, uh, brother, um, uh, Pastor Robbie Simpson, and I was going to have him come. Uh, he's the music pastor in our church and uh, just a phenomenal man in the area of music and, and godly music, right music. And uh, and he was all willing and ready to come, uh, but uh, ended up he had to take a missions trip uh, this month with our Bible college uh, there at Capital City Baptist Church, and so he was not able to come. And so I was kind of disappointed, but uh, just felt that uh, we would postpone it to another year. Uh, but then uh, as I was talking to my brother uh, that is also a missionary here in Uganda and uh, talking with him. And he said that, you know, I've got a missionary friend that is working with us here in Kasese that just did a series on music and did a phenomenal job. And uh, so as soon as my brother told me that, I contacted uh, this missionary and, uh, and we, you know, through texting and through visiting and Honestly, before that time, I only had a chance to meet him one time, and uh, but through texting and talking, uh, really, I believe that we have a good kindred spirit, and I uh, really appreciate his attitude, his stand for the Lord, his uh, stand for the for the truths of the Word of God, and uh, God has given him uh, a great ability in the area of song leading, as well as a knowledge of music, uh, the ins and outs of music, as far as uh, what a Christian should listen to, what a Christian should not listen to, and uh, so we contacted him, and he graciously uh, accepted the invitation. And so he and his wife, Abby, and their son, Carson, came up here for the week. And uh, this last week, he's been teaching uh, nonstop from Monday all the way through the week. And uh, he has just been a blessing to our men. And we have seen already, already before the week has even ended, uh, several testimonies from different ones of our men. I'll be sharing some of those with you uh, about how the Lord has worked in their hearts uh, regarding uh, the music that they have been listening to. And uh, so, Brother Caleb, thank you so much for coming. I really, really appreciate it. And uh, what a blessing it is. Um, how long have you been in Uganda, Brother Caleb? I've been in Uganda since November 2021. November so 2021. Two years and a couple months. All right. And uh, and you are from, I know you, were, you grew up as a missionary kid in Canada. Uh, where are you from in the States? I was born in Hammond, Indiana. Okay. And lived a couple of years in Adrian, Michigan, just right. about 30 minutes north of Toledo. And then our family moved to British Columbia, Canada in 2000. So you're not a Michigan fan, are you? I am a diehard Michigan You're a fan. diehard Michigan fan. And so you're pretty happy right now, aren't you? We're feeling pretty good. <laughs> Go Blue Nation. <laughs> 
Uh, he stayed up the other night, or actually didn't stay up. You got up early because we have to, whenever there's a game in the States that we want to watch live, we have to watch it like 3 and 4 in the morning. And uh, so he, he was able to get up, watch the game, and still did a great job teaching that day. And uh, so that, that was great. So, uh, Brother Caleb, first of all, tell me uh, about your family and uh, what you came to Uganda to do and what you've accomplished and what you're going to accomplish. Yes, my dad's a pastor in British Columbia. He's been pastoring since June 2001, uh, the Anchor Baptist Church in Burnaby. Mm -hmm. And so I grew up as a pastor's kid, missionary kid. I accepted Christ as my Savior when I was four and surrendered to missions when I was eight. And, you know, went through a period of time where... I was a bit uh, rebellious and kind of wandered away from what God had wanted me to do. I'm in a pastor's home, so obviously you're in church all the time. Right. You're always at every meeting, every conference, revival, whatever. Um, but personally inside, I was not who I was supposed to be. Mm -hmm. I came to Uganda on a two-week missions trip when I was 17. Mm -hmm. And during those two weeks, it was like I revitalized what I knew God wanted me to do. Mm -hmm. I went to Bible college in California in the fall of 2014. Mm -hmm. And then in between my freshman and sophomore year, I came back uh, to Uganda for one month. And when I came back, it solidified this is where I was supposed to be. Mm -hmm. I met my wife, Abby, in, uh, in Bible college. She grew up in Greenwood, Indiana, in a uh, layman's home in the church, Sunday school teacher, uh, faithfully serving uh, as, uh, in, in whatever capacity they could serve in. And uh, she had a heart for missions, had surrendered her life to be a missionary. Mm -hmm. And so we came from opposite sides of the continent to, you know, the southwestern part of, uh, of, the, of the United States. And uh, we started dating in my sophomore year, her senior year. She graduated and taught in a Christian school for a year while I finished school. Mm -hmm. Then in between our... Uh, in between my senior semesters, we got married, mm -hmm. and, uh, uh, and that was back in 2017. Our son was born in December 2018. Uh, he's now five years old, mm -hmm. finishing kindergarten. Um, but we started deputation, finished it just before COVID broke out. Uh, then we were kind of marooned for a little while during the COVID season. Right, right, right. Uh, we went down to a linguistics school in Texas. We were there for a year. Mm -hmm. Kind of helped us get an idea on the study of languages. Mm -hmm. um, it helped prepare us for what we were going to experience in Uganda, right. where we have 50-plus languages, right. and many of them are vastly different yes. than each other. Right. So when we finished that, the country had been closed for a period of time. Uganda had been closed for a period of time, and then it opened back up. So we were able to move in November 2021. Mm -hmm. Our goal is we want to start churches. Mm -hmm. We want to be church planning. We want to be busy carrying out the Great Commission of what God has, uh, what Jesus laid out in Matthew 28, 18 to 20. Mm -hmm. um, and when we came, we were not 100% sure where God wanted us to end up. Mm -hmm. And so we were able to work with a veteran missionary in Kampala. Mm -hmm. We've been working with your brother in Kasese for the last year. Mm -hmm. and uh, But over the course of these two and a half years, almost two and a half years of being in Uganda, we believe God wants us to go to the city of Fort Portal, Amen. which is about an hour and 10 minutes uh, north uh, east of Kasese, where we are right now. And that's the Rutoto tribe? Yes. 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 The Batoro people. Mm -hmm. 
and uh, very, very excited. As far as I know, there's never been an independent Baptist work right. started in Fort Portal. Right. Um, there's been some other organizations and religions, but never an independent Baptist. Mm-hmm. And so I already know some people there. We've met Batoro people all around the country. And uh, we've, we've had about four months of language training, um, which is obviously not enough. Right. Um, but we've not been in a place where that is the language right. that is being spoken. Right. And it's very challenging yeah. to learn a language when you're not in the place that right. the language is spoken. For sure. And so I know that we'll be able to get it down once we get to Fort Mm -hmm. Portal. And that is our goal. We Mm -hmm. want to be able to speak the language and Mm -hmm. hear the language. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that that that's a little snapshot of the past and right now in the present. And then a little look at the future. of Now, Fort Portal is one of um, I know there's many, but it's one of uh, Uganda's kind of a gateway into Congo. Isn't that right? There's a there's a road that goes right through Congo or into the Congo through Fort Portal, is that correct? Yes, Fort Portal yeah. is the Fort Portal is very close to reaching the border of Congo, yeah. and so you'll have an a- advantage of being able to reach those people as well, getting into the con- country of the Congo. And so, all right. Um, so, what is it? Um, again, I I, a- I was able to have supper with you one time in the capital city. I got a chance to meet you a little bit, and uh, then we communicate a lot with texting and stuff. And so, other than that, really. Um, other than the fellowship we've had this week, getting to know you, a little bit of your background and stuff, um, I, I feel that from what I hear, uh, you're mostly as crazy as I am, and, and uh, you know, so we we fit in pretty well. Very true. Um, now, where did you you came here to help me teach music? Where did you get your love for music? Where, what's your music background? It's a combination from my mom. Growing up, my mom plays, my mom still plays the piano in our mm-hmm. church. She's played it since 2001 when mm-hmm. we started. Um, getting to sing with my sisters growing up, we would go to the, the homeless shelters, the rescue missions in downtown Vancouver, and my dad would have two chairs behind the pulpit so mm-hmm. that we could stand on the chairs and sing to a hundred men who were there and just, you know, they looked like the world had dragged them down right. and the you know, all of the sin that was involved. So it was very daunting as a child, but doing it every month, mm-hmm. you just, you build this, you know, okay, this is easy to do now, mm-hmm. right? As a child, it was enjoyable. Yeah. Uh, we would sing at home and we would listen to music CDs of tour groups and families who would record and we would sing together as a family in church. Mm-hmm. Um, my desire for, my love for song leading actually comes from Brother Brad Boroff. Mm-hmm. Uh, growing up, from North Valley Baptist from, Church. Formerly mm-hmm. from North Valley Baptist Church, now in Huntersville, North Carolina, um, as a pastor. I I would go to the Pastors and Workers Conference with my dad as a child, and I would sit in his song-leading workshops mm-hmm. as an 8-year-old, 9-year-old, 10-year-old, 11-year-old, 12-year-old, and I was just mesmerized at the ability to be able to lead music while you're singing it. Mm-hmm. It just... That blew my mind as a child. Yeah, he, was, that, he was an amazing. Wow, I mean, you can command an audience of 2,000 plus people mm-hmm. and you sound great in the process, yeah. right? I mean, it's not just that you're, you're, you're just leading them. No, you sound great and you're leading. Mm-hmm. And so these things combined, and I have other family members who sing. Um, I have an aunt who's fairly well known with music singing and I just... It's, it's in the family. Yeah. And then with going to Golden State, 
music is so big there. Yeah. North Valley is known as the singing church. Right. Pastor Trevor's all about music. He's all about singing. Um, harmony comes in the heart. And uh, we should be singing and making melody. And that's, that's that passion that I had as a child, that love that I had as a child was honed in and it was mm. continued to be nurtured when I went to Bible college. Yeah. I married someone who loves music. Yeah. Uh, I married someone who plays the violin and was on a singing tour group for two years mm. at Golden State. So music is very much a part of my family. But for a long time, I didn't really know what I believed about music. Mm -hmm. I was just kind of hanging on what, well, this is what my dad believes. Mm -hmm. Or this is what my Bible college teaches. Right, right. Or this is what they say. I hadn't taken the time to personally figure out what I believe. And then really another missionary here challenged me. Mm -hmm. um, what do you believe about music? Mm -hmm. And really, I didn't have a good answer. Yeah. And I had to do some serious digging and searching for me personally mm -hmm. from an American standpoint with English. Yeah. But then in the process, I was also doing research from a Ugandan standpoint. Yeah. Because the fact of the matter is, is we cannot teach music from an American mindset yeah. here in Uganda. Yeah. It just does not work. Right. Uh, they may listen to some American music, but that's not their culture. Right. Their culture is their music, and every tribe has their own music that they listen to. Yes. Every tribe has their own dance that they'll do or their own ceremonies that they have. And so... You can't just say, well, that's bad or that's wrong. Right. Right. I mean, we don't do that in the U.S. Or at least we shouldn't do that. Right. You need to know what you believe and why you believe it. And honestly, this missionary asking me these questions, uh, he's the reason why I'm sitting here today doing mm -hmm. this podcast with mm -hmm. you. Because if I didn't take the time to figure out what I believe and why I believe it, I mean, I would still be in the same position just hanging on to dad's coattails. Right. So... Let me ask you this. Um, I, I remember, and it's kind of ironic that your background is there um, towards the end of your your life there. Uh, was it North Valley going to Bible college? Because I remember going to North Valley one time and uh, talking to one of the men there that was in the music department there. And, uh, and he, he wrote a book, and I read that book, and... He mentioned something in there that I'd never thought about before, and, and it's just a statement he made, then he backed it up with a verse. But in, in Zephaniah chapter 3, the Bible says that God sings. And that just, that really, uh, that's one thing I've never been able to forget, uh, forget about is the fact that God sings. That means singing has is eternal. Singing is something that has been a part of God and godliness for eternity. And then when he makes man in his image and after his likeness, there is within every single one of us a love for music. I mean, you, you stop and think about it. What, what things are there in this life? There are very few things that literally every single person enjoys in some way, shape, or form, but we all enjoy it because that's the way God made us. And so because of that, if, you, if you've if you got a hundred different people, you're going to have a hundred different views of music. And, and you've been teaching our men this week about not 
choosing what is right or not choosing what you like based upon how you feel or how the music makes you feel, uh, but it is it is upon the principles and truths of the Word of God. And uh, so how do you, when, when somebody comes to you, and, and maybe someone's listening to the podcast right now and saying, hey, I, I want to know how do I choose good music? How do I know what is bad? I, it, you know, the average person out there doesn't know about quarter notes and eighth notes and 16th notes and all of the stuff that's involved in that. So what is a practical way that an average Christian can look at a song and be able to say, hey, what is, is, is this music right? Is it wrong? Should I listen to it? Should I not listen to it? What, what advice would you give them? Well, first of all, I would say that God probably had, well, he has the greatest voice ever and it is going to be incredible. Mm to listen to God sing yeah. when we get to heaven. Amen. When we all get to heaven. Yes, sir. Um, music was in ex- existence before man was in existence. And just thinking about that, that music has always been around. Music has always been involved in every culture in world history. Like you said, 100 people, 100 different viewpoints of music. Music transcends culture. Mm-hmm. Music can bring people together. Music can push people away from each other. Yeah. Music can cause conflict. Music can, can, music can bring unity. Mm-hmm. It's a polarizing topic. Honestly, from a very basic standpoint um, in understanding the beat, understanding the beat in music, um, God created beat. God created rhythm. God created music. Uh, the rule of accent is something that is taught in universities around the world when mm-hmm. they teach music. Uh, the most common time signature, 4-4, four, four, which is just the very basic time signature for beats. You have one, two, three, four. Mm-hmm. God created our hearts with a beat. Mm-hmm. And the emphasized beats are on one and three. That means that if you emphasize the beats of two and four, it will create what is called a backbeat. Mm-hmm. And so for our to judge our music, if... If we are hearing backbeat, if we are able to hear the backbeat and it is now moving our bodies in a way that is sensual, Mm -hmm. moving our bodies in a way or making our flesh feel excited in any way, Mm -hmm. that should be an immediate red flag that we need Mm -hmm. to stay away from this music. Uh, What what is this music associated with? Is this music associated with dance halls, Mm -hmm. uh, the bars, the music, not the words? Right. And that's the big thing that we're, we've been teaching this week is you need to separate the two things because the music is one thing. That's the sounds you're hearing. Right. The words are another thing. That's the message that you're declaring. Right. You have to be able to separate the two things. You can have good music but bad words right. or bad doctrine in, in your Christian songs. You can have worldly, ungodly music, but have very good words, Bible words, spiritual yeah. words. Yeah. But now you're in violation of the music principle. Or the other side, you're in violation of the word principle. Right. So you have to be able to differentiate between music and words and analyze, is this music okay? Mm-hmm. Is, where did this music come from? Right. What is this music associated with? Does this music follow the way God intended beats to be played? Mm -hmm. Or does this music have backbeat? Mm -hmm. If the music has backbeat, it's going against 
how God created B, which right. means that now we are in rebellion before God, right. which means now <laughs> rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. Yeah. And so it is a big deal. And it is something that we must teach here and we have to continue teaching. Yeah. But I, being able to separate both music and words, I think, is just from a practical standpoint. Yeah. One of the funniest words <laughs> I think there is, and it's probably not even an English word, but that word genre. I don't even know how they get a pronunciation oh, yeah. out of the way that word is actually spelled. But but you taught our guys about the different genres of music and and. Uh, that you told us that there's over a hundred different genres of music, but you, you gave the basic popular ones. You talked about rock music. You talked about right. jazz. You talked about right. country music. Um, you talked about pop music and, uh, different things like that. And, and you had, you helped our guys to understand the history where, where that style of music came from. You know, when, when I think of music and when I think of myself, when and and really, and let's not let's not even talk about other churches of religion. We'll just talk about independent Baptists because that's that's right. what we are. Right. That's, that's who we are. Um, the you know, you don't have to tell the average independent Baptist stay away from Led Zeppelin. Right. Or stay away from Kiss or stay away from Ozzy Osbourne. And all. I mean, those things are so obvious um, the, you know, the, the satanicness of it and the, 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 the music of it and all that. I mean, we just, we would automatically shy away from that. But what you told our guys is that what Satan is doing and what he's bringing into our homes and what he's bringing into our, our churches is this infiltration of what is called Christian contemporary music, which seems to be a, a, an attempt to try to hold on to religion, but at the same time, bring in that background of all these other genres and trying to combine them together. So what are you, what are you seeing with this contemporary Christian music? Well, first of all, I think, is it an American idiom or phrase, the devil is in the details? <laughs> is that how it goes? Yeah. Hey, the details of music and the details of the words in, in the song or accompanying with the music. Christian contemporary music, uh, I will not argue against that. You know, many con Christian contemporary songs have good words. Mm -hmm. They talk about God. They talk about Jesus. They talk about, you know, heaven or, you know, where you saved me from or where you've brought me from. But the problem, the number one problem with CCM is the music. Mm -hmm. It's not the words. Yeah. It's the music. They're bringing the world's music into the realm of spirituality. Mm -hmm. You're now taking backbeat, which is rebellion before God, and you're mixing it with spiritual lyrics. Mm -hmm. uh, we have independent Baptist colleges that are singing contemporary Christian songs. Why do we even mess around with that? Right. Why would we mess around with singing songs that were originally intended or originally written with backbeat? Then we, we pick up the song, we clean it off, we remove the backbeat, and now it's okay. But, I mean, we live in an age of Google. We live in an age of YouTube. Mm -hmm. Someone hears a song, they want to go look it up. Yeah. They want to go see where it came from. Mm -hmm. And now you've opened Pandora's box, and you've put your stamp of approval on this artist and mm -hmm. who they are and where they come from. 
and you put your stamp of approval on that type of music. Mm-hmm. The music, not the words. Right. right? That, that's the big thing is being able to separate between the music and the words. Uh, where did this music come from? Well, yeah. Backbeat, you know, Backbeat's not been around very long. Backbeat originated in the 1940s, 1950s with the advent of rock and roll music. And so, you know, we don't have much history on Backbeat, but we understand what rebellion is. Mm-hmm. We understand that anything that is against God is disobedience. It's open, open rebellion. Yeah. What's happening is, is our churches, we are playing with fire. Our independent yes. Baptist churches in America are playing with fire yeah. because contemporary Christian music is the styles of rock, mm-hmm. jazz, rap, pop, uh, reggae. I mean, you you can go all down the line of everything. Yeah, It's all kind of pushed together, the music, the yeah. music, and it's brought into a spiritual site, a spiritual line of sight. And the target audience is the youth. Mm-hmm. The target audience is the teenagers. The target audience is the youth groups. Mm-hmm. Do we know what type of music is being played in our youth groups? Mm-hmm. Are we aware of what mu- what type of music teenagers are listening to? Yeah. Music is a mood. Music will complement the mood that you're in. If you're yeah. feeling happy, you're going to listen to happy music. If you're feeling sad, you're going to listen to sad music. If you're feeling sensual you're going to listen to sensual music. Right. But now you have Christian songs, Christian words, but the music is sensual. Mm-hmm. The music, for a lack of better words, it is sexual music. Yeah. And you're bringing that into the church. Yeah. That, that is, that's vomit. I mean, mm-hmm. that, that is terrible. And I, I think it's not necessarily that, uh, you know, whatever. We just don't know it's wrong. Yeah. We don't know the difference between right and wrong music, maybe because it's not been taught or maybe because we've only taught it because it's been passed down. We've never taken the time to personally go and look, hey, this is right music. This is wrong music, according to biblical principles. Galatians 5, the works of the flesh. Mm -hmm. Does my music line up with fornication, adultery, covetousness, all of these things, murder, Mm -hmm. If my music and where it came from, the music, where it came from, lines up with those things, now I am in violation of the word of God. Right. We don't have a black and white verse that says, thou shalt not listen to contemporary Christian music. But we have biblical principles that would tell us that we should not be listening to this music. Yeah. What we need is we need more people to write godly Christian songs that have godly uh, proper beats music that gets put together, good music and good words. Yes. We need more of that in the independent fundamental Baptist circles. Yes. And it's a dying breed, Yeah, the part of the music. Mm-hmm. We feel like we have to reach into maybe the neo-evangelicals or we have to reach into the Pentecostals or we have to reach into maybe the non-denominationals and bring their music into our church in order to reach the youth. No, yeah. we need to reach the youth with proper Music and yes. CCM is not proper music. Right, right. And the other thing that I look at, uh, Brother Caleb, is is the product. All right, I, I've been in the ministry long enough, and you know, I, I most of my life I've spent here in Uganda, but going back on furlough and and being able to, you know, when you're here for four years, you go back for nine months to a year on furlough. It just blows you away the change that's going on in these churches. And here's here's what I notice. 
is the churches that are bringing in the CCM, all right? The, those are the churches that have the trouble with people in churches dancing, um, being provocative. Um, those are the churches that the dress on the women starts getting loose or, or the, the standards start to fall. It, it all seems to coincide. And, and it's very interesting because even you taught this principle this week, but I remember growing up, my dad teaching this, that, uh, you know, Exodus 32 is a great example of people who came together, the children of Israel came together and they, they were offering a feast day to Jehovah. All right. The, the, that's what the Bible says. They offered a feast to Jehovah and they turn around in this feast to Jehovah, to Jehovah and make a golden calf. All right. Thinking that that golden calf is what brought them from that Egypt, from Egypt, and and then notice what it says. He says uh, they're coming down from Mount Sinai. Moses with Joshua, and uh, Joshua says, "Hey, I, I hear uh, the noise of war in the camp." And we understand that in those days, the noise of war is is confusion. Um, the noise of war, you know, they would tell the the. Uh, the battalions or the the legions or whatever to go this way or that way based upon musical instruments, whether it was trumpets or or drums or whatever that. So we've got a noise of war that's going on. And so Joshua thinks, hey, the camp is being attacked. And what did Moses say? He says, it's not those that are fighting, but it's the sound of singing that I hear. And then you go, and the Bible says Moses came down, he's, see, he's heard the singing, and now the Bible says, and when he saw the dancing. And then he goes down further on, and he says, and when he saw the nakedness, uh, because Aaron had made them naked to their shame. They all go hand in hand. And it's, it's amazing to me how, how pastors are not, it seems as if pastors today do not even have the spiritual discernment to see what's going on because there is such an emphasis in the country right now to build big churches and, and to build big buildings and nice buildings. And, and to do that, you've got to have the people to pay the debts and you've got to have the people to pay the bills. And so we've got to bring in what the people want. And, and, and generally speaking, the people that do not have the spiritual maturity to understand what is good music and what is bad music, they say, hey, this is Christian, and, and, and this is a Christian artist. And, this, and, and so we pull into our churches with the Christian words, as you just said. We're pulling into our churches the music of the world and the music of sensuality, and we're playing it in our pulpits. We're playing it in our churches. We're playing it in our youth groups, and, and we're seeing uh, the dress standards fall. We're seeing the looseness in our churches. That, uh, that, that There used to be a holiness about churches, and, mm. the, and now it's like you go to church, and, and God is my buddy-buddy, you know, right. that we're just going to come, and we're right. just going right. to communicate with. I mean, uh, the, the change that I see in churches today and, and now our churches, instead of being a place to go in and meet with God and be challenged uh, to be confronted with our sin and, and to be equipped to go out and preach the gospel, it's as if we're turning into our churches 
churches into entertainment mm. uh, facilities and stages. And now we're painting our churches, you know, black and we're putting on the spotlights and we're, you know, getting rid of the, the good old fashioned pulpits and putting glass stuff in. And you just, and again, I'm not saying all those things are sin, right, right. but you just, you see a it's progression. It's, it's, it's a, it's those steps that are, that are happening. And, and you see it happening in so many churches and there's just, there are few churches that are left that are, that are sticking to the old paths and sticking to the old fashioned music and the old fashioned hymns and spiritual songs. And, and, and we're, we're losing that. And, uh, and so I'm just, I, I, as I'm just talking to you today, I'm just burdened. And, you know, we, we here in Uganda, it's, it's even, and, and here's the problem, brother Turner, is that here in Uganda, the, we have, you, you were talking about we need more independent Baptist composers and, and, and things like that, but at least we have some, you know, here right. in Uganda, we have none. Right. And, and so, you know, we're talking about, you know, 50 different tribes in this country and, and the need of producing good Christian godly music uh, is such a huge and, and incredible need. And a lot of our people in our churches here are thinking, you know, what, what do we listen to? You know, you've told us what's wrong and you've told us what we need to do, but, but where do we get that, you know? And, and we can offer them you know, thousands of, of good, you know, Christian music in English, but trying to find the, the music that is in their language that has the music right and have the words right and uh, is, is a challenge. But the point I'm trying to say is the, the majority of people listen to my podcast, we're, we're living in America. We're living in, in a, in a, with a language where there is absolutely no excuse. There, there is tons of, of good, godly music out there that has been produced by good, godly people. Why would we want to, as you said, dip into these other things and bring in all of that in there? Jesus is not satisfied as truly. I, I think that's just the basic answer mm-hmm. is we're just not satisfied with Jesus. We're not satisfied with God's word. We want something more. We're, we're craving something more. Our flesh has not been put into subjection, mm-hmm. right? The flesh does not enjoy listening to hymns and psalms and spiritual songs in good with good beats and good godly music. The flesh enjoys listening to worldliness. The flesh enjoys looking at worldliness. Right. The flesh enjoys being like the world or trying to look like the world. Yeah. The flesh enjoys hearing the backbeat, that one, two, three, four. The flesh likes that. Mm -hmm. And so at the end of the day, we're just not spiritually discerning enough as as a country of independent Baptists to see that this is a problem. Uh, It's not like it's it's crept up on us. Mm -hmm. We had had the issues with Southern Gospel in the past, and Southern Gospel has morphed into contemporary Christian music. And so when that was, when Southern Gospel was becoming such a strong genre in our circles, we weren't spiritually discerning enough to see the direction it was heading and the fact that they brought in the backbeat, they brought in the drums and not, not being played in the proper way. And when that happened, I mean, the doors opened, the floodgates opened to just whatever type of music you want in your church. Really, the problem is not necessarily the words. Yeah. I mean, sure, some contemporary Christian songs 
I would even say most, the doctrine is very shallow. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, in our understanding of English, we would be able to pick out, okay, they're talking about God or they're talking about Jesus. They may never say, they may never say God. They Mm -hmm. may never say Jesus Christ. They may never say the Holy Spirit. They use the impersonal pronouns Mm -hmm. like you. You have saved me. You have right. brought me from this. You have right. you've picked me up. But they never come out and actually say God's name. Yeah. And that's not every contemporary Christian artist. Yeah. We're not generalizing, but this is this is what this is the way it is. Yeah. This this is what it is. Mm-hmm. And so you know we we I, I've I've listed I, I've listed ten things for the guys this week the Ugandan men. 10 things that having a biblical boundary will do making sure that in life whether it is in music whether it's in you know your other forms of entertainment whether it's in your dress uh, whether it's in your job whether it's in as a father as a mother as a son as a daughter how you live your life you need a biblical boundary you need to be able to prove this is why i'm doing what i'm doing according to the word of god mm-hmm. the first one is a biblical boundary will make our philosophy of music bible based instead of personally based yeah hey you can't just say this is what i say right this is what i believe no what does the bible say about right. it it makes the foundation scriptural and therefore our foundation is grounded in truth rather than culture yeah this is big. This is very big here, yeah. because the culture says we want. You know, this is our dance. This is our music, and mm-hmm. so we're going to do it this way because this is our cultural music. Yeah. Arguably, we have cultural music in the U.S. Yes. Every region of the United States has their own type of music that they listen to. Mm-hmm. Take honky tonk country music up to the New England states and see how that works. Right. It's just not going to work out. Yeah. You have cultural music in every part of the country. Yeah. So we want to make sure that the foundation of what we believe is scriptural. Absolutely. Uh, next, it, it will set guidelines that we can teach with the support of scripture, mm-hmm. not just like where I was a couple of years ago. This is what my daddy says. Yeah. This is what my Bible college taught. No, this is what the Bible says. Right. We don't want to be in violation of God's word. Yes. A biblical boundary will point people to the Lord and his word rather than a church and its pastor. Mm-hmm. It's not about the pastor. It's not about the church. It's about the God we serve. Yes. It's about the book that we believe. Yes. Uh, it will help us to understand that there are different sounds that can still be Christ-centered. Yeah. The fact of the matter is, is I may not like the sound of a drum, but you can play the drum in the correct way yeah. when you're emphasizing beats one and beats three. Or in three, four time, you're emphasizing beat one. Or in six, eight time, you're emphasizing beat one and beat four. You can play the drum in a white, mm-hmm. in the right way. I may not like it. Yeah, and okay? I, that's, that's where you have... Within those boundaries, you have a whole list of preferences. Exactly. You know, you may like opera. Uh, you may like, like I, I like, you know, bluegrass, that that banjo style. You can have that within a boundary of what is good and proper, uh, and still have you know you can still have different views of music and still be right. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. It will also allow us to see that the personality of the pastor is often seen in the application of scripture within the church that he pastors. Mm -hmm. This applies to more than just music. If you have a friendly pastor, your church is going to be friendly. It's Mm -hmm. just going to happen. If your pastor is, is greeting people and welcoming people, the people are going to be the same way. Uh, It will give us spiritual glasses by which we can view all music. Yeah. If you don't know what you believe about music, uh, when you study it and when you learn 
about music, it's like you're putting on a pair of glasses and now you're able to see things more clearly. Yes. You're able to see where something is wrong or something mm-hmm. is right. Yeah. Uh, it will keep our philosophy of music consistent no matter what college we are in, what church we may serve, or what country God leads us to. That's a big You one. may end up in a Bible college where maybe the music is different. And, and if your opinion of music is against that, then maybe you should find a different Bible college. Uh, you may go to a different church that has a different standard on music. But your personal philosophy of music, if mm. it's founded upon the Word of God, if it's founded upon the Bible, it's not going to change based yeah. upon your surroundings yeah. or based upon your culture right. or based upon the country you go. Yeah. Uh, our biblical boundary will help us to defend our music to someone who is newly saved. Mm-hmm. People who've just been saved, they don't understand everything about right. what's right and wrong about music. They're probably still listening to their new age country music mm-hmm. or their pop music or their their rap music or whatever. Mm-hmm. But most of the time when people get saved, they want to clean up. Mm-hmm. They, they want to make sure that they're doing everything right. And so if we have a biblical boundary, we can help them. We can explain to them why something is right and why something is wrong. Yeah. And ultimately, a biblical boundary is essential when it comes to anything spiritual. Yes. Anything spiritual in our life, whether it's a church, uh, w- whether it's being a godly husband, a godly father, uh, whether it's being a missionary, whether it's being a Bible college teacher, whether it's being a soul winner for Jesus Christ— we have to have a foundation based yeah. upon the Word of God. Yeah. Wow. Well, we've we have had just a phenomenal week, and this is just a, just a little taste of what has been taught. Literally, we've been going now for four days, and uh, it has just been full. It's been practical, and uh, and our men have enjoyed it. I. We've got one of our guys that uh, texted my son um, on the very first day of teaching, and he says, man, after learning this, uh, he said, there's over 100 songs that I have to delete off my phone that I've seen that are wrong. And uh, we've seen that testimony two or three times. And then just uh, right before we came up to do this podcast, we had another one that said, hey, uh, we've seen how the drums are misused in the churches. And and so and when we talk about drums, we're talking about uh, cultural drums over here made with uh, Anna, with the cowhide and things like that, you know, that they use for the beat, not the not the drums trap sets that we have in the States. But but they, they said, we've seen how that it can be abused and we can see how that it's it's it cannot be used right and so we need to not have these and and put those aside and and so we 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 just we saw even this week and 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 we still have one more day of 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 this uh of this TBI but already just tremendous amount of guys that are making personal decisions in their life to clean up their music and uh, make sure that they make the decision to listen to Christ honoring music. Now, Brother Caleb, um, if my understanding is correct, you're getting ready to go back on furlough. Is that correct? Yes, sir. And uh, so if there was somebody, uh, maybe a pastor is listening um, or uh, a church that is listening and they're maybe looking for a missionary that uh, that they could support and uh, and if nothing else, pray for. How how could do you have a website? Do you have email? How could people contact you? Absolutely, our our website is Turner T U R N E R and then the number two Turner Two Uganda dot com. 
Uh, our email address is the exact same thing, turner to uganda at gmail.com. Turner to uganda at gmail.com. And when do you go back on furlough? We return on furlough at the end of April. End of April. And how long are you going to be back there? We will be in the United States and Canada visiting churches and family through January 2025. Okay. All right. And uh, so if you're listening out there, if you want, if you're looking for a good missionary to support, one that uh, is holding fast to the word of God and has a heart for uh, soul winning, a heart for the people here in Uganda, and uh, as well getting ready to go to a new city uh, in our country of Uganda that, uh, to our knowledge, we've never known of an independent Baptist that has been there. And uh, so this is virgin territory that he's going to be going into, and uh, he would be well worth your support. And uh, so if you're looking for a good mission, I encourage you to contact Brother Caleb Turner uh, at the email and uh, uh, website that he just mentioned. And uh, I believe he He'd be a help and a blessing to your church as well as fruit uh, that would be put upon your account as a result of supporting his ministry, either financially uh, or through prayer support as well. I know that he would very, very much appreciate that. Brother Caleb, thank you so much. And uh, it has been a blessing having you here this week. And it's been a blessing getting to know you. And uh, and again, the, these days, honestly, brother, it is hard to find people of like faith. And Absolutely. I, and I just mean, seriously, I'm not talking about just Baptists or independent right. Baptists. I'm talking right. about within independent Baptists, finding guys that are of like faith. And uh, and it has just been a joy to be able to fellowship with you and get to know you. And it has been a great week. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for taking your time and uh, coming up here and being a blessing to our people. Well, thank you so much for tuning in to the Always Abounding podcast. Don't forget the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse number 58, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. If you've not done so already, let me encourage you to subscribe to our podcast. Remember, every Friday uh, we upload a new podcast for your encouragement, and I hope and pray that we can be a blessing and a help to you and encourage you to always abound in the work of the Lord. And so subscribe to that. And uh, if you have friends or family who might be able to be helped by this podcast, be encouraged by it, uh, then let me encourage you to use whatever social media platform you use and uh, send the link there so that they might listen as well. Thank you so much for your prayers and support uh, on our behalf. What a blessing it is to be able to represent you here in the country of Uganda, East Africa. Continue to pray for us. We've got several things lined up. We've got a full January ahead, a uh, new term of Bible college coming up in February. And uh, as well, we're continuing to prepare for our furlough uh, that will be coming up. Uh, we'll be going back to the States the end of May. And so continue to pray for us as we uh, line up meetings and uh, get things ready uh, to go back to the states. We've got uh, our last born son, uh, Skyler, will be going back for Bible college. And so begin praying for him as well as he gets adjusted to American culture and uh, gets all the things uh, done that he needs to get done, getting his driver's license and uh, getting set up in the dorms and, and all of that. You know, it's, it's tough for a kid to go to Bible college when you're in the same country. But when you've lived in a another country all of your life and going back, there's a lot of adjustments that need to be made. So if you could pray for Skyler, I would really appreciate that. And I know that he would. Thank you so much for tuning in. God bless you so much. And uh, we look forward to seeing you next week on this same abounding, always abounding podcast. God bless you so much. Have a wonderful day in the Lord.
want to thank you for listening today. We trust that this podcast was an encouragement to you to always abound in the work of the Lord. For more information about your host or simply contact us, visit kstensisfamily.com.